Hey, hey, and welcome to another podcast, Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Really a-okay. How about you, Paco? Not bad. Not bad at all. I'm stoked that now all these songs are all like, I'm stoked to hear all of them. <laughs> not, <laughs> not that I was bummed about other ones, but now it's always like, oh, good. Like We're just getting into the rippers. And we're at number 69, like, and we're already into the awesome songs. But yeah, it's good. We're going to get used to saying, I like this song from here on out, I think. Yeah, every song will be like, this should be higher. Like, you know, we get to like song two. Like, you know what? <laughs> just, just out of room. Yeah, exactly. It's true. We're just squishing them in. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get to this. So at everybody's favorite number 69, we've got As We Go Along. As we go along, this was a song that I really didn't like at all when I was younger. Like I, I, it, it was too slow. Actually, I'm not even sure. It was just too slow to something. It just wasn't for me at the time. But uh, now I don't know what what I was thinking, and I don't know what changed it. I just remember one time <laughs> listening to it and being like, "Oh my god, this song is fantastic." Yes, it is. It it's kind of an odd fit with the rest of the head soundtrack these <laughs> raging psychedelic numbers and it's really just totally shifts gears kind of like it does in the movie where uh, yeah. it's, the, the snow and everything yeah i was gonna say it's used at a perfect time when you see the visuals with it in the movie head it's it fits perfectly the two the visuals and the audio fit together so well and it's uh yes fantastic and it was actually in the trailer for the movie ladybird but wasn't in the movie See, that's just very strange. Man, I remember when I saw it and I heard it, I was like, oh my God, there's this We Go Along. It's in, it's going to be in this major, awesome movie. And I saw the movie and I kept waiting for it. Like, oh, it's going to come at this point. Here we go. And it just did not show up. I don't know. Maybe someone was like, nope, we, you can't be here. We did don't you think it was a head sequel? <laughs> yeah, I did. At first like, I was like, oh shit, here we go. Finally. Was, was there a big, tall Victor Mature in the uh, trailer as well? I was like, somebody finally read my spec script and put it into gear. (laughs) (laughs) Tremendous. And this one's written by Carol King and Tony Stern, instead of her usual writing partner, Jerry Goffin, as Tony with an I, Stern. I had to look it up. I just had uh, uh, King and Stern. Wasn't sure if it was Daniel Stern or Howard Stern. I thought it was Howard Stern. Or that guy who runs the NBA. (laughs) But turns out, Tony interesting interesting yeah but as we go along pretty chill number gets nice and loud they played it when i seen them in 2011 they played almost everything except uh circle sky i think <laughs> and um because it was like a head anniversary thing and um, yeah, i'm kicking myself for not going to that i don't even know why i didn't <laughs> and uh it's in uh, five four time for all you time signature aficionados out there that's why it's kind of got that off off, off bound to like one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. So it's got a different vibe because of that. One last thing about as we go along, it was the B side to the porpoise song. 
Interesting. That is a great piece of vinyl right there. Tremendous, tremendous slice of vinyl right Ooh, there. Oh, man. If anybody has that, just give it to us, please. <laughs> we we want to own it. <laughs> if you're one of the couple dozen people. Yeah, for real. I picked wonder... up the Porpoise Song single. Man, that's something either you'd have to spend a lot of money to get or like spend a dollar to get because <laughs> people just wouldn't know what they have. There's there's a landfill outside of Burbank that <laughs> has got a layer it's, of Porpoise Song singles. It's in like the Arizona desert and it's buried with all the E.T. Atari cartridges. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> put them all together. <laughs> and I think it should be higher. There we go. <laughs> Which, oddly enough, brings us to number 68 on our countdown. A Davy Jones banger, Dream World. Why don't you? Indeed, uh, from the uh, birds, the bees, and the monkeys cassette tape yeah. that you uh, acquired. Yeah, that was the first yeah, time was, we heard it. Yeah, and it was like, ooh, a different song, you know. It was uh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, and, a, it's a perfect Davy Jones song. It's catchy, but has like a just enough schmaltz to make Davy dance. And uh, yeah, it gets the, uh, the birds, the bees, the monkeys party started in a really great way. Yeah, it's uh, Jones and Pitt's number. And uh, just going through all these songs, like uh, Davey had a hand in writing a lot more of these than I had uh, originally thought before we took this enormous deep dive into the music of the monkeys. I agree. I, I had no idea he really wrote very much of anything. I knew he wrote some things, but I didn't realize how much he was in there doing it, mixing it yeah. up. And Dreamworld's a right. great example of that. Yeah, absolutely right, Paco. So that brings yeah. us now to number 67, Summer of Love. With uh, changes. Seasons may change. We stay the same. We always stay the same. Yes, indeed. The not quite title track to the album (laughs) changes. It eventually wound up on uh, one of the missing links, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, this song, it sounds like so many other songs that it just gets lost in the shuffle with me. And like, I cannot place it until I hear the opening. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this song, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the late classic era kind of bubblegum funk, Mm -hmm. kind of instrumentally a lot going on kind of thing that the the monkeys were up to. Yeah, it has very cool instrumentation. And the the chorus gets all like peppy and upbeat. (laughs) Kind of comes from out of nowhere. And when, he, when everything cuts, it just goes better. It's like, so good. Yeah, yeah. Better. And it kind of seems like it's about finally reaching puberty and like losing your mind over the birds. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what to do with yourself. Fantastic. Yes. I bet you that's what Davy was thinking too. I think that's what Davy's always thinking. <laughs> All about the beds. All about the birds and freaking out about them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this was one of our honorary slip-ins, I think, near the end of the, mm-hmm. the original series, uh, episode 54. I don't remember if it was mine or yours, though, but it's a, it's a good tune, and I certainly dig it. Yeah, me too. Man, yeah, it should be higher. Yeah, you're right. It should be higher. <laughs> I like this song. <laughs> I should just make a sound bite of that so I don't have to keep saying it. <laughs> so here at number 66, uh, we're gonna, it's more of, a, more of an honorary inclusion. 
Um, it is the, the trio of songs we've selected from the Dolan's Jones Boyce and Hart album from 1976. A surprising album, whereas I thought it was just going to be, I just, I don't know why I thought this, but I just thought it was going to be kind of garbage. And then when we listened to it, it was like, holy man, there's some really cool songs on this. Yes. It was a fun thing to do because um, we had no familiarity with it besides uh, a few of the pictures from the, the booklet that came with the listen to the band box set. Yeah. We didn't know any of the, the tunes that were on it. And... Um, once we got into the Zoom era here and we were able to sort of listen to stuff and react to it, uh, this became something that, that kind of got on our radar. I'm like, we should check this out. We should mm-hmm. finally do this. And uh, so we listened to the whole thing together, yep. all of us, <laughs> me, Paco, and you listeners. <laughs> and we had some genuine reactions to these songs. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> in both directions. <laughs> for sure for sure i remember the one thing i think we said was like davy looks like like teen wolf mid change <laughs> <laughs> he just looks so old yes. all of a sudden but not old he just looks yeah weird. we we had a paragraph or, or two about the cover art alone oh, this man. Is quite the thing but uh we ultimately decided to include some of it because if they were able to get the rights to the dame this would have been a monkey's album True. That's and, actually true. Yeah. And um, like, as far as like pool it for the eighties and justice for the nineties, this is kind of like what the monkeys were up to in the seventies. Yeah, that's true. It's it's kind of funny that they wouldn't let them do it. And if people would have been like, but it's only the two of them. It's like, well, so is the last album. Like it's, yeah. it's just the two then, of them for real. And what did they end up doing with the rights to the monkey name? The new monkeys. Yeah. And so, eh. Yeah. And it's bizarre to think I was, when we were setting up, I was thinking, only like a decade separates these two projects and they could not be any more different <laughs> yeah stylistically how they sound how they how it's packaged like wow that's a good point a lot happened in those 10 years so um the album itself contains some uh some weird old comedy covers and some like proto daft punk robot voice stuff on side two yeah. don't know what's going on but there is like three tunes in a row that are pretty strong almost as strong as any other three songs in the monkeys catalog in a row and like True. he's really stuck with us and the first one was uh you didn't feel that way last night and in brackets don't you remember question mark So this song for me is the fr- it was when we were listening to this record and when it started I was like whoa what is this like this it, it was like from another album and a whole different group of people essentially <laughs> for real and it, yeah it starts with that robot voice and then it has like we mentioned before it has like a stepping stone vibe to it almost a rip off you vibe with stepping stone <laughs> if, they, if they didn't if they had not come up with stepping stone themselves. They would have gotten sued by the creators of Stepping Stone. It's true. It's like, at the time I said, it's a new paint job on Stepping Stone. And that's exactly what it is. But there's so many other like interesting noises and stuff going on in it. Like it's, yep. I, I super, super wish this was the vibe of the whole album. Like they were not trying to be pop or anything. Let's just like, 
do this weird pseudo proggy stuff <laughs> that was just amazing. Man, did you know the Eric Davis project covered You Didn't Feel That Way Last Night? Who is this Eric Davis project? The Eric, I don't know. It fucking rips. Oh my God, really? <laughs> it's insane. The guitar solo at the beginning is insane. <laughs> That was like a, a cool rocking tune on this this here project. We won't even get into the sail on sailor fake out that yeah. we endured. What a psych! The only song I thought I knew what was coming, and it wasn't even the right song. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Unbelievable! Up next, we had uh, "Always Hurts the Most in the Morning." Which is a very uh, a Bee Gees-esque mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't know what's with these guys in the lengthy titles. <laughs> They're emo before emo. <laughs> For real. <laughs> At least they mentioned the title in the song. It's, <laughs> That's true. It's nice. It's considerate. Yeah, yeah. But this was yeah very much like uh, very... BGs, they almost have like BG accents while they're singing it with a hint yeah. of McCartney to it, like the walking bass line stuff. And it's uh, kind of a fun tune. It tells a little woe is me story and it's catchy. It sticks with you. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the three songs, this one comes in third for me <laughs> because it is more, it's just like more of a straightforward kind of tune. And again, has that identity crisis of trying to sound like the BGs a little bit. But uh, <laughs> true, true. It is, but it is a good song. It, it, it is very catchy. Mm-hmm. And like, like the rest of the album, whether we like the songs or not, it's well produced. Like the, everything yeah. sounds good. Yeah. It's well sung. Like, you know, it's, it's a good project and it's more coherent because it's just the, the four of them behind. It's not like a mishmash, like changes was, mm-hmm. or even like the later reunion projects. Yeah. Like this is kind of, it's more focused than any monkey other monkeys project like around uh this time yeah it hangs together really well you can tell it's a coherent album yeah then finally our favorite song from the dolan's jones voice and heart project mm-hmm. yes. look out it's moonfire oh Moonfire knocked my socks off. Like it was actually like after we listened to the album, we all packed up and everything. I went back and re-listened to Moonfire a couple times because I was just yeah. like, this song is killing it on all cylinders. <laughs> For real. I, I've i listened to it. It's in the mid to high double digits now. And to, to find a tune that just is so much fun and that good. It was like... It was like I must have been to see Hendrix for the first time or something because it was just so radical, so cool, and just 
builds up out of nowhere and this becomes this whole thing and then there's the chorus and then the crazy bridge part and the high singing and it's just wild yeah it's a it's great it's a really great tune it's almost like if they just made this like an ep it would have been such a solid ep <laughs> but uh but yeah the moonfire i can't i can't say enough if you've never heard these songs go check them out even if it's just these three just like go check them out because i think you'll yeah. be pleasantly surprised as we were yeah, this is a good entry point for the Dolan's Jones Boys and Heart Project. You can find the whole thing online, just like everything else. And you could also find uh, Live in Japan online. Yep. And we uh, did episodes about both these things. Yeah, and you can find our podcast about it also online. If you <laughs> yeah, just wanna... where we talk about all these. This is a, uh, years ago, we did these things. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're listening to them, you're like, you know what? I would prefer having someone talk over these. Come to the podcast, <laughs> and that's exactly what we do. <laughs> that's how podcasting works most of the time pretty much pretty much so yeah so that was our little uh dip into the dolan's jones boyce and hart era which is all number 66 we just put it all as one yeah it was yeah it's yeah our only non-monkeys thing in the countdown i'm pretty sure yeah i agree i think so too which then brings us to number 65 you gotta forget that girl Forget that girl. So uh with Forget That Girl, the studio version is really good. It's a good song. Like it's it's you know great. But the live version is uh-huh. awesome, I think, anyway. For real. The backup vocals are wicked. And and they're rushed kind of, but like in the best way of like a live band really feeling something. Yeah. And uh yeah. it falls right into Mr. Jones's wheelhouse as well. It's just perfect. Absolutely. And uh I believe this features the guys on all the instruments. This is a, a early headquarters era song, and it's the Randy Scouse get B side. And uh both this and Randy Scouse get were sort of showing off the, the next era of the, the monkeys. On the, the live 67 album we love so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's almost like a, like a sleeper song. Like you hear it like, oh, okay, I see. And you listen to it once, like, okay, that was fine. But you've listened to it a couple more times and all of a sudden you're like, man, that is a great tune. Yeah. That's why I had to sneak a snippet of that bass line onto the uh, Podcast Valley Sunday theme for season two there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because it's just that good. It's a good one. You want to put it in other songs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we pulled that back. uh, Episode 21 of Podcast Valley Sunday. So young then. We're so young. Yeah, for real. (laughs) So that'll bring us now to number 64. Uh, I think this is a, a cult favorite here. Oh, my, my.
this has like it's a rad little number that has a darker vibe to it without like being mommy and daddy esque. <laughs> like it's not quite that dark. But uh, Mickey's voice, fantastic, obviously, and uh, that whiny rickety guitar solo is just awesome. Oh, it's true. It's uh, it's really cool that this and uh, I love you better. We're all, we're the almost like a double A side. I don't know if they actually chose one as the main thing, even though this one was, oh my my, rocketed all the way up to number ninety eight on the Billboard charts. Ooh, there you go, broke the With, broke the triple digits at least, or broke into the double least. digits, <laughs> broke out of the triple digits. <laughs> it's true, yeah, it's, it's true. Man. but yeah, it. I like the song a lot. The chorus is wicked, like when the band kind of kicks in. Yeah. The the you make my heart sing part. And uh this is a Jeff Berry and Andy Kim number. They're uh, they're the writers of it. It would have been uh an Andy Kim number if they were allowed to make an Andy Kim album, but I guess they would only get the funding if they made it a monkeys album. So all these all became monkeys songs. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And I think there exists online uh, like a sped up version featuring uh, Dino Kovas from uh, the New Monkeys. Oh, wow. Lip syncing with this song. Oh. <laughs> and so like, you know, he was a Monkeys fan. If he knows not only the lyrics to Oh My My, but can sing them or lip sync them sped up. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Just, this guy did his homework. Just to know that that song exists is a goes a long way with Monkeys fans, I think. <laughs> For real. The monkey's credibility. Yes. Which this next song, I have a feeling if you know it, and this is the only song you heard, you might not think it super highly of the monkeys and their deepness. <laughs> but at number 63, we've got Gonna Buy Me a Dog. I'm gonna buy me a dog. You can teach dogs to do that. You can only train elephants. Because I need a friend now. I need a friend now. Now. Yeah. I'm gonna buy me a dog. It's just a bit of fun. It is. It, exactly. It, it's probably the first song that shows the monkeys' personalities. Like if you buy the record and the TV, you know, you got the TV show and this and that, but you hear this song and you get Mickey and Davey. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I gotta say, it, it's not something I reach for when I want to like rock out or something. But it's a great snapshot of Mickey and Davey getting to know each other right at Absolutely. the very beginning. And that's kind of yes. what makes it awesome. And like, it's a it's a voice and heart number, but there is no way that <laughs> that Mickey and Davey knew that this was going to be the version that makes it onto the record. They're 100%. obviously just like, like, not even dress rehearsal. They're just going through it like first time ever and just goofing around. Yeah, and just like, trying to make each other laugh. It's a genuine laughter throughout this this little mini audio romp. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of sets the tone for what the monkeys were going to be all about. It does. It does. And it's almost like like a, a snippet of the reality. You know what I mean? It's it's like a fly on the wall kind of thing. Like this yeah. would be something if the monkeys, if they had used like the regular version of them singing it and it being the normal thing. And then this was on like the double disc special edition vinyl. And you heard this, you'd be like, oh man, this is crazy. But it's like, no, they put this on the album that sold millions of copies. 
imagine if there's a serious version, like, you know, in the show when Mike was going around town trying to sell this song as his song. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, like a, like a dead, dead serious Nesbeth version of the song. Yeah. I wonder, man. <laughs> We're not laying the same. No, no. And I wonder how the decision was made to use this version and not, and like, did they have to like fight to get this on or like, I'd love to know the story behind that. For real. And there's like, I don't know, Davey was a guest star on some TV show. I forget what TV show, but before he was on The Monkees, him and some kids are like jamming this song in somebody's kitchen on some like very, very, very early home recording equipment. Oh, well, my girl called me up and told me That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. on the show, our show, our show, Podcast Valley Sunday, we pulled this episode 23 right after we pulled your Auntie Griselda. That's right. Yeah. The one, two funny song punch. <laughs> yeah. Definitely sort of two two sides of the same coin once again. Exactly. Exactly. It's like when you want to woo a bird, you throw on Auntie Griselda <laughs> or going to buy me a dog. <laughs> That's how you know if she's going to stick around or not. <laughs> if you, you throw go. that out, you put on the fake fireplace and stuff, and then you put on the <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, that will now bring us to number 62, No Time. What did you expect? No time. No time, no time. No time for you. A Mickey classic, No Time. For real. He uh, he quotes Bill Cosby in it, but he makes it sound like his own. And it's it's a hell of a banger, I think. Yeah, man. It's uh, wild, like a bluesy jam. It's like a, like a Barbara Ann kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. studio, everybody's wacky and crazy and laughing, like just, just jamming and trying to, trying to harmonize and do the thing and... Yeah. fluff notes here and there and they credit it to their engineer hank sasalo because i don't they can't really claim writing credit for the blues yeah but it was a nice tip for that guy because he probably made a few bucks off of that hopefully hopefully man I, I feel like man if you throw this on at a party after everyone's like properly lubricated it, <laughs> it's gonna be a barn burner man it's gonna bring bring the house down it's it's like one of those songs that makes me want to do the frug <laughs> Uh, that's not the first time you said this. We got to make a, a, a Frug edition of the monkeys I, for too. all Paco. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw my back out. Because uh, no no time feels like something they did a bunch of times or they did like for for 90 minutes in a row. Like something yeah. that they just jammed out for a really, really long time. Like when we started our bands, and th- we would just jam for like hours and not even think about it. <laughs> exactly. And like, like it feels like that's what the monkeys were kind of getting up to, and they're feeling it out as a band. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's a great great ripper. So now at number sixty one, we're going to go to the Christmas town because we've got the house of broken gingerbread. In the house of broken gingerbread, butterscotch and candy cigarettes. Sugar. 
I gotta say, this is my favorite song off the Christmas album. This one, it, it even if it had nothing to do with Christmas or anything, I'd I'd be into this song one hundred percent. It is very cool, and it is a, a Schlesinger number, and uh, it's just like you said, like one of the many strong fun tunes on the Christmas party record, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just musically cool. And yeah, sure, it's Christmas stuff, but it's it stands on its own as a good tune. And it's so the Christmassy stuff and the the chorus is so awesome that you kind of might miss that it's about like a broken family at Christmas, like trying mm-hmm. to cobble together a family Christmas out of a broken family. Yeah, and that's like the house of broken gingerbread. And it, but it's so good. It opens up with the fa la las, and yes, oh man, I remember I hadn't listened to the Christmas album since the previous Christmas when I first got it, mm-hmm. and then when I had this going on and this song came on, I'd forgotten. I had forgot I got it for Christmas that year. Hmm. And so I didn't listen to it much because you don't listen to Christmas music after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so when no I went back to it, listening. I didn't know a lot of the songs. And when this one came on, it knocked my socks off. No joke. Yeah. Stoked. Great song. Speaking of great Christmas songs, up next, it's Ryushiu. Ryushiu la guadaribera. Dios cuado el lobo de nuestra cordera. Dios cuado el lobo de nuestra cordera. Riu, riu, shiu, la guadaribera. Dios cuado el lobo de nuestra cordera. Dios cuado el lobo de nuestra cordera. Amazing, this song. Like, it, it's, like I say, it's a gem of a song in the monkey's catalog. Like their voices work so well together. It it might even be the best example of their harmonization with each other. It's so great. Yes. Yes. Probably the best example of their singing on the show together. Yep. Just right there. I think I read somewhere it's overdubbed and the overdubbed Davies voice was somebody else. Like Chip Douglas had to do Davies part for some reason, Hmm. which would really ruin it for me if that's true, but pretty sure the version we hear on like Missing Links Volume 2 and on like the uh, exclusive version of Christmas Party at the buy at a certain store. What the heck? Yeah, that's weird. That was upsetting because as soon as we heard there was a Monkey's Christmas album coming out, oh, we're going to have uh, yeah. Ryushiu on a Monkey's Christmas album. Oh, not really, unless we go to a particular store. That wasn't cool. Yeah, freak that. I remember because I was saying, why isn't Ryushiu on this album? Like on, like on social media and Sony be like, it is, you stupid idiot. What's your problem? And I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> I, it is not on here. What's and, your problem? Yeah. Everyone's just like getting on. It's like, yo, it's not on my record. I swear. Then someone steps in. Oh, you had to buy it at this place to get it. And I'm like, yeah, see there, stupids. You're stupid. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> just another scrap among monkeys fans about a Christmas song. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But th- I remember when I got Missing Links Volume 2 and this was on it, I listened to this song a zillion times. I could oh. not get over it. It was so great. For sure. Like, it would take turns this a zillion times, uh, Fuzzbox Valerie a zillion times. Oof. Like, yeah. Some of the songs, especially the ones we could not get anywhere else except mm-hmm. on the show or whatever, it was magic having those available. Yeah, Missing Links Volume 2 was the best of the Missing Links. Like, it, it had the, the live Circle Sky on it. Oof. And it was just like, what is this? This is amazing. <laughs> Tremendous. This should be higher. I like this song. I agree. I agree. This should be higher. 
<laughs> so here we are, number 59, breaking into the 50s. We've got yeah. definitely one of the most known, well-known monkey songs of all time. And Y'all might have heard of this one. Yeah. Daydream Believer. Cheer up, sleepy Jean. Oh, what can it mean to a daydream believer and a homecoming queen? Cheer up, sleepy Jean. Oh, what can it mean to a daydream believer? I bet. Most, probably almost everybody who's listening to this can't believe we have Daydream Believer at number 58 on this countdown. Yeah. But... Well, if they, if they know anything about us, they won't be that surprised. Yeah, exactly. But I feel if somebody just looks at this, if we just said, here's our list, and just Monkeys fans were picking it up, they'd be like, what the heck? Or probably non... Like, Monkeys casual fans would wonder what the heck. <laughs> but, but, like, I've got to say, you hear the song so much... What else can we really say about it? Like, it's obviously an amazing tune. It's, you know, a classic, like an actual literal classic in rock and roll. Yes. And for me, what uh, it took on a whole new meaning to me when we went and saw the Mike and Mickey show and they played it as a tribute to Davey and the whole yes. crowd was singing it as a tribute to Davey. And yes. I, I just, I just like got all misty like it and ever since then that's what i think of when i think of this song yeah. so it's given it's kind of brought it back into my life in a positive way okay but when we saw it like mickey sang it right yes yes okay because when i saw it i saw peter and mickey when they came here to windsor at the, the casino and um davy sang it oh they really along with davy's vocal track it was shortly after he passed away Ooh. it was their first tour with first tour without him oh, and yeah. it was like they played along with Davey, and it was like not a dry eye in the house, folks. Oof, no, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I remember at one s- point, they just let the audience sing the chorus a few times, and it was just like, yep. okay, I'm I'm weeping like a damsel. <laughs> but you know what? They probably did that all the time, even when Davey was there. Oh, yeah, for sure, but I wouldn't be crying. <laughs> no, less crying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was released as a single, went to number one. Pretty sure it was their last number one. And uh, is also on Birds, the Bees, and the Monkeys. But they had recorded it during the Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones sessions. Made a conscious decision to keep it in their pocket for the next record. Smart. They knew it was a strong tune. But how strong does Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones get if it's got Daydream Believer on it? It's an all-timer. Man, a two-sider, if you will. Juggernaut. It would just be a juggernaut. Yes. Awesome tunes. And so because they recorded it during Peck and Jay, it's them playing it. I think Fast Eddie Ho is on the drums. But uh, Peter's playing the keyboards, and it's the only Peter Torque on the Birds, Bees, and the Monkeys is his keyboards huh. on Daydream Believer, which was recorded for the last album. So you can tell <laughs> Peter, who was already pretty marginalized, was really being sort of... Uh, nudged out a little bit more by that he he took over on the head soundtrack boy oh boy Mm -hmm. but this was uh this was some scant peter torque because he had some songs available but maybe the they weren't up to snuff maybe Mm -hmm. there was that 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 alligator song i don't know (laughs) i miss him i miss him (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and of course, Daydream Believer is featured in the the Rainbow Room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the Axl Rose walk and everything. And did you know the Rainbow Room became Harpo Studios in Chicago? Really? I did not yes. know that. Interesting. Yeah. So Oprah took it over. Mm-hmm. Huh. How about that? Amazing. Amazing. Which now brings us to number 58 with a bullet. I want to be free. I want to be free. Like the bluebirds flying by me Like the waves out on the blue sea If your love has to tie me Don't try me, say goodbye Alright, the slow version, you know, it's the one people know, I guess. That's the, I find it kind of meh in my <laughs> own way, but the fast version is awesome. I wanna be free Like the bluebirds flying by me Like the waves out on the blue sea If your love has to tie me Don't try me, say goodbye And it comes yes. from the pilot episode as well, so... yes. It's it's with her in those goofy vests and the yellow shirts. And <laughs> yeah. that, the old monkey mobile with the wooden doors. Yes. And like they had to they shot the pilot in those those fur vests. I don't know if those they were made from real monkey. <laughs> but they wore those. But when they show you that they have like performance footage and Mike has a different guitar. He's got the white guitar. So they had to go find those suits again, put them back on, and like reshoot the uh the music segments, I think. For some reason. Weird. But but uh yeah, this was um on the first monkeys record. Kinda like I think was it the chronologically, I think it's the first Davy song we get to hear. I think so. I'm, yeah, it's kind of a, an introductory thing. It's a voice and heart number, and it was kind of Davy's first signature song. Yeah, oh yeah. Cause when they play it live and, on like the tour the episode and on the album, when he starts yes. playing it, the the place goes crazy. Oh, yeah. And then so it, it does later on kind of get swept under the rug by Daydream Believer becoming the big yeah. Davy moment in every single Monkeys show. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I'm happier about that than if this was like his signature song. True. But we do like it one spot better here at Which Podcast is weird, Box yes, Center. again. <laughs> I think because of the strength of the different versions of it. Mm-hmm. And, True. you know, a lot of Monkeys song gets two versions. This one has like three at least. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, that yeah. counts for something around here. It's true. It's true. And while we're going back to the very beginning, we may as well go back to the very, very beginning here at number All 55. All the way back. All the way at number 56 with Last Trained to Clarksville. Oh, a monkey song about trains. Who'd who'd have thunk it? (laughs) And like, this is where it all started, for real. This is like ground zero. People would probably say, oh no, the monkey's theme song. But like, that wasn't the single. This was the single that came out before the show. It was top of the charts before the show even came out. Yeah, like people, when they heard it, they thought it was a band called the Monkees. 
And, yep. you know, why wouldn't you? <laughs> it, it, the plan worked. It really did. They already got their own show. They must be huge. Wow. It's, it really is a good tune. It and is. It's, it's pretty deceptive of because uh, it's this, this pop number on a kid's show, and it's about going off to war. Yep. Yeah. And it's- Because Clarksville, Tennessee is where you uh, go uh, you, you go to uh, fly off to war, you see. And you, you don't know if you're ever coming home. Yay! Like, oh, it's, it's some dark stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, and also because it's uh, such, like, the first single and it's the one you know, everybody knows, everybody knows, it's hard to gauge the song. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I've heard it so many times. And it's like, yes. oh, yeah, yeah, Last Train to Clarksville. But like, when you remember first hearing like, that's a that riff is a wicked riff. You know what I mean? Yes. And it, it draws cool. you right in, right away. And... uh off you go to war, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a killer Louis Shelton riff. We talked about him a bit last episode, but this mm-hmm. obviously was his first major contribution to the Monkeys project. And uh, and yeah, like in Mickey's book, I'm a Believer, he talks about him and Davey being in the car and this comes on the radio and they're just like, it's us. Yeah. It's our song. I've, I've- just amazing how it was all coming together. I just think it's like that scene, that thing you do where they first hear their song on the radio and just go <laughs> kazoo over it, and just running around screaming. I am Spartacus. <laughs> so now we'll hit up number 56, a great little number. She hangs out. It's a cool guitar organ jam, and the performance in the Rainbow Room is great to watch. It's yes, it's awesome. It must have been shot early in the day because they're all really into it still. <laughs> yes, yeah, they're having a lot of fun, as much fun as Mike had at the time. Uh-huh. And yeah, great chorus, great bridge, great song for real. And uh, this is uh, Ellie Goulding and Jeff Berry number. But it, a version of it dates back to the Kirshner single that he put together without the approval of the band. Yeah, he snuck Davey off to New York and they did a version of this. And uh, it was the beginning of the end for uh, Mr. <laughs> Kirshner with the Monkeys Project. Yeah, true enough. And then, you know, it all worked out for everybody, I think, in that in that case. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. Cause... But yeah, it's, it's, there's a big difference. I think the... Um, the early version is on the box set that we got, but uh, the later one is more polished. Davey's a bit more confident. He sounds like a little kid in the first one, and he, he was. Yeah, true. So it's just the later one is a bit more confident, more horns, and uh, just a lot of, just a fun tune. Yeah, I don't have any siblings, but I bet the feeling you'd get in the cockles of your heart when Davy Jones says, <laughs> how would you say your sister was? You're like, oh, Jesus, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do this. I won't you say your sister was. <laughs> you know you better keep an eye on her. Yeah, I better keep an eye on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah, the guy asking, How old's your sister? You should keep an eye on her. It's like, bro, <laughs> how would you keep some eyes off her? Just look that way, little Englishman. 
Get out of here. No joke, man. No joke. (laughs) (laughs) So now we'll get away from that uncomfortable subject and zoom up to number 55 here with another classic, A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You. Tunes are really getting good. They are. They are. And for me, this song, I can never remember what album it's on because it's on the Greatest Hits album. Yes, and I just connect it with that so much that that's the album it's on. It's the Greatest Hits song. Yes. And coincidentally enough, you know what number it made it to? Two. Did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. I wonder, if he, I wonder if Davey thought about that every time he put up the the number two when he sings the song. Number two, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and it has one of the uh, greatest and most uh, understandable lines in anything is, uh, not sure what I said wrong, but girl, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> just taking, taking no uh, credit for what he did wrong at all. He's just like, I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry about it. <laughs> like learning nothing. David, but the other time. line is, "I'm a little bit wrong, and you're a little bit right." Yeah. So maybe <laughs> he he knows what he did. <laughs> he knows <laughs> for sure. And this was uh, among the songs like we would hear this on Oldies 104. Yep. Like when you say, "Oh, cool, it's the Monkees." Like there was this Stepping Stone, The mm-hmm. Believers, Clarksville, and like sometimes there'd be like something like this. Like obviously not a deeper cut if it's a number two song, but like. You wouldn't think they go this this far into the monkey stuff. Yeah, it's true. It just has that cool acoustic guitar, that jung, 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 jung. Like, yes, so that, here that, we go. That Neil Diamond touch, folks. Definitely. Yeah, you can see this song has a swagger to it that uh, yes. you don't really think about till you really listen to it. And it is kind of like, ooh, mm-hmm. okay, it's a, bit, a little sexy, this song here. And the, the na-na-na's going into the chorus is just fun yeah and they harmonize and it just sounds so cool and it's uh it's a good tune man yeah it is it's a really good tune and number 55 should be higher <laughs> <laughs> like that song yeah uh now number 54 we've got someday man i was born sounds like a like a superhero that doesn't care that much <laughs> like a, a, someday man i was gonna do a procrastinator i was gonna do a uh a, a stop motion thing about whatever man and whenever you tell like <laughs> my baby's in the fire but he's like no, whatever man <laughs> just like the most slackery superhero in the world whatever man hilarious and his trusty sidekick someday man like dude you gotta take out the garbage <laughs> oh, someday man <laughs> But I don't think that's what this song is about. Fantastic. But it is a fantastic Davy song. Yes. And it's uh, written by Paul Williams, 
who you might know from uh, Daft Punk or The Muppet Show. And uh, it's also the title track to uh, Paul Williams' own album. And uh, the Monkees version is on a double A side with a listen to the band. Uh, we were touching on a lot of solid pieces of vinyl today. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And this song is cool because the verse just like scoots along. And then when it gets to the chorus, it does that that pullback. It's almost like you feel the song lurch back as, as Davey launches yeah, yeah. into it. So he starts strutting across the stage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a, I like Someday Man. Yes, and the boys did not play this song in any capacity between uh, 69 and uh, 2011. Really? And they played it probably on Davey's last tour. Well, that's something. Huh. That'd be, it'd be a great song to see live. For real. Indeed. Well, not anymore. No, not anymore. It'd be weird. <laughs> so it brings us now to number 53, a classic. And if it was going alphabetical, this would be last. It is Zor and Zam. The king of Zor, he called for war. And the king of Sam, he answered. They fashioned their weapons one upon one, ton upon ton, they call for war at the rise of the sun. Uh, we pulled this back at episode 18, and during that conversation, we uh, invented the jams and jellies concept. Oh, really? <laughs> P.O. Box 947 right now is the cutoff song between the jams yeah. and the jellies. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's a pivotal day. Because this, I think we kind of, we envisioned this as kind of being somewhere halfway probably. Yeah. And it turned out to be better than that. I'd say, yeah, it's more jam than jelly, definitely. Maybe not jam like you put it on and you're rocking out hard, but it's it's a great, <laughs> it's a great song. When the horns kick in at the end, those descending horns. Like, you can't help but get stoked. Like, you're, man, if I'm driving, I, 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 my foot gets a little heavy, I think, at that point. I'm just like, yeah, here we go. Right on. Because it's, it's just an awesome, awesome thing. Yeah, and it's one of a handful of a capital M message songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the yeah. Gave a war and nobody came. Like, the common folk said yeah. no, you know? No, it's great. And how it built. It starts off so quiet and yes. ends so big. And that, then that, that piano, doom. It's like, yeah. holy cow, it's a great song. <laughs> great, well put together tune. For real. Another one from Birds of the Bees and the Monkeys today. Which, uh, yeah, some of these uh, mid-double digits ones really showing us why we like uh, Birds of the Bees and the Monkeys so much. Which I had not pegged as one of our favorite albums, but it definitely turned out to be. Yeah, it did. I wouldn't have thought that as well, but it's got some just rippers on it. It's a great album. Mm-hmm. Great. So now that takes us down here to number 52 with a good Mike Nesmith number. We've got some Salesman. Salesman, where you going to go sell all of your goods today? Salesman, going to walk along the street, see friends along the way. A salesman with your wooden cop that you push along. Always wear a smile Even though you got 
yeah. Great tune to open up Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones. I think it's uh, definitely feels like a nod to Taxman opening Revolver. Ooh. As opposed to the other nod to Revolver with the frantic counting at the start of uh, headquarters. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Bottom line, the boys love the Beatles. Who didn't? Particularly Revolver. Who doesn't? <laughs> I'm with you. And uh, my favorite version of Salesman is the one that's on the box set we keep talking about because it's got that lengthy Mike speech at the end where he's doing like a spiel. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I tried the one that you put it in and you have to do it manually. But I like the one that you plug it in and it does it all by itself. Real long strand and you cut them up. It's so Nesmith. When you, yes. you hear him talking and just making stuff up, it's just like, yep, that it's oozing Nez. Yes. And there's definitely a, a drug uh, subtext. I don't even know if it's sub enough to be a subtext. It's, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, it's there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's peppy and radical. <laughs> so here we are, number 51, with a little little jam from the 90s. We got Admiral Mike. Just First off, great video. If, if you go to the Podcast Valley Sunday, you can check out the Random Attic Countdown. Go to Admiral Mike and you can see the official video. And one of the things yeah. is Mickey's wearing a Spinal Tap shirt, which I think is a pretty clever nod there. And it's That's like wicked. Davey's acting like a diva. Like actually acting. He's not just being a diva. He's acting like one. And uh, <laughs> it's all great. And it, it definitely has a sound from the 90s, like a bar chord, you know, distorted toony sound <laughs> yes. and uh the lyrics just about like bitching about stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what it's it is. A, it's written by mike and sung by mickey yeah and mike's upset <laughs> about uh you say you're only only selling ads it just just sort of like railing against the advertising industry i guess or just how something. he's expected to create product or something he's, and it's titled admiral mike which isn't mentioned in the song but it's probably a description of what mode mike is in when he's like in charge <laughs> oh great Here Maybe he was admiral, admiral mike. mike during these sessions yep there he is <laughs> for real yes yes sir yes sir yes sir and um yeah, we hadn't talked about our, uh, our random minute countdown video list too much on this episode, but I will say there was that cool video of uh, Moonfire that some fan put together yeah. that we got on the countdown. It's pretty trippy and kind of really fits the tune. Yeah, it, yeah, it is cool. It's cool. And with this song, it's it's one of the highlights from Justice, I think. Yes. At least for me or whatever. But it's weird. It's like they forgot to add a guitar solo because in the middle, they just play like the the verse over with nothing there and it's like well put a guitar <laughs> solo in this part like what the heck yeah uh, maybe this is what mike was talking about when he said they should have had more time with the tunes yeah <laughs> yeah maybe. maybe we could have finished the songs a little more <laughs> and um yeah for real and with uh this this appearance of admiral mike on the countdown that's a countdown rap on the old justice album Ooh. folks yeah it makes sense and that's why it feels like my favorite song off justice because it, <laughs> it plays the highest just there you have it. That's our first uh, completed album on the countdown, I believe. Yep, I think so. So there you go. Take that, pool it. 
Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. I don't even know what could be above midnight, for God's sake. Well, you're about to find out next time Yep, on Podcast Valley Sunday. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. It's a good show. We're really getting into them now. I'm. I, this has oh. really gotten to be a lot of fun. For real. It was fun all along. Oh, it's yeah. fun for different reasons. Exactly, exactly. It's like I look forward <laughs> to hearing these songs rather than being saying, what song is that again? And then listening to it like, oh, yeah, I guess I've heard this Oh, twice. that one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, if, if anyone out there, you feel these songs should be in different order, let us know. We're, we love hearing from you guys. It's always fun. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we will be back. I love hearing how wrong we are about things. Yeah, exactly. That's all I ever hear anyway. So it's nice to hear from people not saying it right to my face. <laughs> but, no, we, we have a, a little special coming up for you next week. We'll, we'll, we'll only say that much about it. We'll take a little breather before the, the top 50. Yeah, exactly, because it's going to get crazy. Yeah, buddy. All right. So from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Bye-bye.